watch the National Basketball Association, which is in the midst of its two-month-long playoffs, but the world's best basketball player for the world's best basketball team got hurt last night, and Joe thinks it's a playoff-ending injury. Uh, number one, James Harden disputes your world's best basketball player assertion, but he's certainly in the top two, which is pretty high. Yeah, old uh, Kevin Durant pulled up, non-contact injury. Those are the scary ones. And he quickly looked behind him as if somebody had kicked him in the lower leg, which is precisely how it feels when you have a serious Achilles injury. And if you have, well, I will tell you this, I had a relatively medium Achilles injury my senior year of high school playing baseball. Gladys, there I was, on the field of green. <laughs> she gets to play the harp. Had to dust off the strings. It's been a while. I was playing for the Boston Red Stockings of the old Independent <laughs> League. <laughs> but anyway, I didn't... It, it, I was a pitcher, so we ran all the time. And I didn't even feel it happen. I had a vague memory of stepping in like a low spot as we were running through the baseball field, around and around. And... um by that night, I went to my job. I was a busboy at a restaurant. By the end of my shift, I could not walk, and I spent the next three or four weeks on crutches. Three or four weeks, and I wasn't even aware of it being strained. Kevin Durant felt that pop in his lower leg and looked back like somebody had kicked him and could barely shuffle off the floor. That's no calf strain. He's got a serious Achilles injury. I mean, look, I was watching the TV, and I'm not an orthopedic surgeon, obviously. But you that was know, the first thing the announcers said. Anybody want to bet fifty bucks? I'm um, not taking that bet. Yeah, yeah. And so when Kobe did that, he was out for like the next year, wasn't he? Yeah, and uh, and big old D. Marcus Cousins, who's who's out for another injury now. He spent a year on the shelf with an Achilles injury. It's you've got to, oh, it takes so long to heal because your Achilles is this is this thick cable of tendon sinew. Maybe yours is. Mine's a tiny little thin one. <laughs> That's right. You got red bear. Look like a man riding a chicken. Those little leg ears. But I mean, it's it's just super thick cable, and there's very little blood flow that gets to it, so it heals really, really slowly. Oof. Yeah, I'm telling you, you don't want that to happen. And we don't talk sports, so we'll shut up about it now. But his contract. We is do up. talk orthopedic surgery though. His contract is up, and so the teams all across America were hoping to get the best basketball player in the world. Right. And now he might be hurt for a year. So right, yeah, still worth it to, to take him for the future. But yeah, that is really tough timing for him and his people. So uh, um, speaking of money, we will go big on the uh, the Chinese trade talks, and as often happens, the just mind-bogglingly. Bad reporting on it. Midnight tonight. That's when the that's when the tariffs hit. Trump ain't China. Blink, Trump ain't blinking. Oh, oh, by the way, we forgot to mention, ladies and gentlemen, we're in a constitutional crisis. Oh, oh my! Oh no! I think if we continue to work on this by the the end of the show, we'll get it right. So, do we have the clip with Nadler saying constitutional crisis and the Uga? We are now in a constitutional crisis. We're so close to getting it right. So Trump spoke yesterday. In our days, I want to go back to bed. (laughs) Trump Trump spoke yesterday. Big rally in Florida. One of your typical Trump events. Crowd going crazy. (laughs) Him ad libbing, talking the way Trump talks. That early stuff. He said, "Oh, you had a hurricane. That was a bad one. Worst I've seen." (laughs) And everybody cheers. Wow. You know, it's just it's just so interesting. Right. The relationship he's got with the crowd. Yeah. But at some point during his 90-minute uh, ad-libbed screed, he did turn toward the Democratic lineup and, and, and get into it. 
In fact, one of the Democrats today said that he, it's a he, sleepy person, <laughs> said that he heard from a lot of foreign leaders and they want him to be president. Of course they do. So they can continue to rip off the United States. Of course they do. Of course. I think if I heard that, I'd never vote for him. And then you have Bernie. Bernie. Then you have Bernie. You got some real beauties. Crazy Bernie. You got a choice between Sleepy Joe and Crazy Bernie. And uh, I'll take any of them. Let's just pick somebody, please, and let's start this thing. Let's start it. Pick somebody. We have a young man, Boot Edge Edge. Boot Edge Edge. They say Edge Edge. He's got a great chance, doesn't he? He'll be great. He'll be great. Representing us against President Xi of China. That'll be great. That'll be great. I want to be in that room. I want to watch that one. <laughs> little lack on specific criticism there. Lack of. Huh? Well, so were a lot of them during the, uh, you know, you're short, you're sweaty, you're oh. thirsty. Oh, boy. <laughs> And, you know, Marco it, Rubio, all three. <laughs> How do you vote for that, right? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. So we are going to talk to one of our favorite political analysts later in the show about some stuff. But you, uh, you're you big on the China tariff thing. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I'm going to nail it down. Yes. You're going to be our pundit. I tell you what. You're going to explain what's going on. I've heard coverage this morning from the usual suspects, granted, but... And I don't know. I'm childlike. How I can retain the ability to be surprised by CNN, for instance, or NPR is I don't I don't know. Oh, awesome. But their misreporting on this story is absolutely mind boggling. Keeping in mind that Chuck Schumer and 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 uh, Warren, don't call me Jimmy Buffett, are saying yeah, Trump's Trump's right on this stuff. Awesome. Well, let's straighten the peeps out next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, it's Billy Joel's birthday, so we're playing Billy Joel music. He's 70. And at uh, some point, we ought to talk about this op-ed in the New York Times from Chris Hughes. I don't know if you know his name. He's not as famous as Mark Zuckerberg, but he's the co-founder of Facebook. And he's One got of those a plucky college lads in the movie, huh? And he's got an op-ed in the New York Times saying it's time to break up Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg's a good guy, but his company is a threat to our economy and democracy. Wow! Wow! The co-founder of Facebook. More on that later. Yeah. Speaking of economy and democracy, we'll uh, tell you about the China trade talks and what's actually going on with that. It's uh, it's good stuff. It's interesting, and and I have a super positive, optimistic feeling about all of it. Which, you know, just doesn't sell news commercials, I guess. So you're not getting any of that. But uh, Joe, Prince Harry is going back to work today. His baby being born two days ago. He has a job? 
What's he do these days? I don't know. Well, he was a helicopter pilot in Afghanistan, so he sure as hell used to. Yeah, but the what's he? He's a prince. Princing. Back to princing. Yeah, do you think the princing is going to prince itself? Hmm. No. Right. You know, at some point today, I'd like to get to a couple of just charming stories from corrupt California, including a uh, Cal Trans employee. That's the your, your highway department who uh, was paid uh, $41,000 illegally to commute from San Diego to Sacramento. Uh, And uh, various whistleblowers pointing out many hundreds of thousands of dollars of wasteful and illegal spending and nobody caring and nobody checking on it and the rules that are in place being ignored widely. And so passing more rules seems a little silly. That uh, reminds me of the Saturday Night Live bit they did, God, I don't know, five, six years ago. The Public Employee Awards, in which they gave awards to public employees who had done this sort of thing. And now to Jim Johnson. He's a plumber who was double-dipping and made $400,000 last year, working zero hours a week. Jim, come up here and get your award. Nice. Mocking this sort of thing, because it happens all the time. And I'll bet those were all ripped from real life, too, because there's no need to exaggerate. There are plenty of them. Uh, And then just one more Corruptifornia story. Californians face residential water rationing next year following record 29 snowpack, 2019 snowpack. So enormous amounts of rain and snow, but of course not building any water storage as the population has doubled over the last 30 years because the far environmental left, the zero growth people uh, own the government, uh, that's what you get. So water rationing to come. Uh, Californians look forward to that. Uh, so the big story, the big, 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 big story <laughs> yesterday in the uh, the cable news world, the lefty media and New York Times, et cetera, was uh, Trump taking losses, enormous losses in the 90s. Well, there are paper losses for tax purposes. They were all lawful. They're what developers do. And our favorite tax expert, we said, what do you think of this? He goes, that's some really good tax planning. At any rate. Uh, alert listener, oh man, I meant to have the name handy. Ah, there it is, Ted, um, or JT, said uh, he he did a quick internet search and found an episode um, of The Apprentice where Trump talks about that period of his life, and there's plenty of braggadocio here, but listen to what he says. My name's Donald Trump, and I'm the largest real estate developer in New York. I own buildings all over the place. Model agencies, the Miss Universe pageant, jetliners, golf courses, casinos, and private resorts like Mar-a-Lago, one of the most spectacular states anywhere in the world. But it wasn't always so easy. About 13 years ago, I was seriously in trouble. I was billions of dollars in debt. But I fought back, and I won. Big league. I used my brain. I used my negotiating skills. And I worked it all out. Now my company's bigger than it ever was, it's stronger than it ever was, and I'm having more fun than I ever had. So there you go. There you go. Talking about, yeah, things were going crazy bad for a while. <laughs> so it's just not that great a headline, I don't think. Is it, isn't that against the narrative that this is just what real estate people do, that it was just paper losses? Well, it's, it's, it's both. See, that's the thing. And, oh, God, Donald Trump's finances from the 80s. Um... Yeah, the Atlantic City casinos did badly, but that was a portion of his portfolio. It's just, it's so complicated. But listen, I will tell you this, Trump haters, the co-writer of uh, The Art of the Deal, 
has said that it should be pulled from shelves or recategorized as fiction. <laughs> so evidently, his uh, his relationship with the Donald is on less than rosy terms currently. What about the follow up book, The Art of the Comeback, which was all about going through those I'm not difficult sure. times and figuring it out? I'm not sure if that was written with the same uh, mm-hmm. scribbler as the first one was. Beverly Hills, have you ever heard of it? Swimming pools, movie stars? Sure, sure. Beverly Hills is about to become America's first town, city, whatever, to ban tobacco sales. Make them illegal. Hmm. Full out. I'm surprised that hasn't happened before. Anyway. Beverly Hills is not that large a ge- geographic area. No, but I'm, I'm, just surprised that, I'm just surprised nobody's ever done that before. So it'll be utterly ineffective. But they're sending a message, right? I think. Um, you got to go to Shelbyville to get those. Is is yeah? I still don't understand what vaping is for most people. Are they are they doing basically smoking in a different way, or are they all smoking pot? It depends. But Some, what what are most people doing? Oh, Why is it so popular? It's a coin flip. Why is it so popular? Because it's a loophole of no smoking zones. Is that why it's so popular? Most, most likely, yeah. Gotcha. And, and if you're around, if you're a cigarette smoker who hangs out with non-cigarette smokers, you don't get the same sort of, get away from me with that. Okay. It, it doesn't have the same uh, impact on those around you. I've seen ne'er-do-wells in parking lots doing but, it. I but just never a, know. Are they smoking pot or are they smoking cigarettes? It's coin flip. Ask them. I guess. Ask him. What, what, are you what are you ne'er do well smoking? Citizen, citizen, what is that you're inhaling? I was in uh, the, one of the rougher parts of uh, the the place where I live, and uh, I went to the convenience store. I had to get me a cold pop. So getting some bottled water and cashews, as I recall. And <laughs> um, and I was fourth in line, and I was somewhat surprised that the three people in front of me in line, each of them were buying cigarettes. That's all they wanted. At a convenience so store, smoking. at a convenience store, everybody in lines buying cigarettes and lottery tickets. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time in them, so I was shocked. I buy bottled water, so I'm in them a lot. I probably had never been in a convenience. I bet I hadn't been in a convenience store in decades until I started buying bottled water all the time mm. um, for our house. But uh, so I'm in a convenience store fairly regularly, and uh, yeah, everybody in line. All, I mean, close enough to everybody you could say everybody. Like nine out of ten people right. are buying cigarettes and lottery tickets. Listen to one of your bigger convenience stores with an enormous beverage section and a deli, an actual deli. You get sandwiches, you get salads, wraps, the whole deal. But cigarette, cigarette, cigarette. Then me, cashews. May I have some cashews, please? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not vaping. They're just using the regular old... Coffin nails. Yep. <laughs> Hanging out of your mouth. Yep. Exactly. Gotcha. But it was in the smoky part of town. I haven't seen statistics lately on smoking rates by... Uh, income, economic status. I mean, obviously, lower uh, income people smoke more than higher income people. I think that's broadly known, but I just don't know how striking the contrast is. And has vaping changed that? Don't know. I feel like I see more people vaping than I used to see smoking. Boy, you know what I'm looking for lately is uh, calorie-free alcohol. I'm just I'm finding it impossible to lose weight. And get your buzz on. But I just hate to give up my evening cocktail. Right. Who would want to? Well, I, I don't. I mean, uh, I, I can, I have, but is that I don't possi- want to. Is that possible? Alcohol-free or uh, calorie-free alcohol? Yeah. I don't think so, because alcohol's a sugar, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, chemically speaking? Nah, I don't know. What's, I, the, what's the most fattening alcohol you can drink? 
Full oh, beer? Do you mean alcoholic beverage? Yeah. Oh, oh. Like a creme to something? Like That's one, like a, a good a, start, like a right? Bailey's or something right like there. that? Well, yeah. yeah that, now you're having dessert with your alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, Irish coffee, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't but beer's pretty high up there, right? Calories and all that sort of stuff? Oh, yeah, it depends on the beer, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, beer is. And... What's your best bet? Pure vodka? Uh, honestly, I Everclear bathtub gin. Tequila, I understand, has some in terms of your uh, conversion to this, that, or the other chemistry stuff. And start drinking Pretty tequila good. all the time. Oh Lord, hmm. it's a little rough for me. Not the rot gut stuff. Buy well, better tequila. Uh, even no, there's, that, there's uh, good sipping stuff. I've I've recently discovered. I don't I don't love it. Uh, remember, I don't like brown liquor. Oh, there's I can't there's take it. Yeah, but they taste like brown liquor. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I tell you what, I got a good tequila. I'll try to. I, no, I've done it before. I, think I get should... two sips in and think, ah, oh, God, I can't take it. I think you should start vaping and drinking tequila. Yes. <laughs> get a man bun while you're at it. <laughs> and get a man bun. Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. Re- a little lifestyle change. A little, a little rebuild at this point in your recapture life. Recapture my youth. I wouldn't look the least bit ridiculous. Or recapture someone else's youth. Vaping with my man bun. <laughs> drinking tequila. <laughs> That reminds me, Marshall, quit wasting our time with this news you're always babbling about. Go back to, to injecting the blood of the young. That story. I was <laughs> yeah, high and low yeah, for one us, more of those. Give us an update on that. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Oh, gosh, we're facing a midnight deadline, a midnight day deadline that could trigger yet another crisis. The tariff deadline. We'll take a look at that. And students in Colorado stormed out of the vigil last night for the fallen student hero. When you hear why... You may be surprised. Okay. Coming up. I, I do want to hear about that, and I want to talk about it, and I want to play again what the district attorney said about how we should treat this thing, because everybody should hear this message. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Looking out the window and I'm seeing people drive placidly to work like it's a regular day and not a constitutional crisis. We are now in a constitutional crisis. Constitutional crisis. Constitutional crisis. Yes, we're in a constitutional crisis. Clearly. I wet my pants just listening to that. Draw your loved ones close to you. Tell them goodbye. <laughs> The old yeah. CC. Yeah. This, isn't this like the fifth constitutional crisis in the last six months? Yeah, I think this year. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the United States and China are set to resume talks to try to back off an escalating trade war. Looming ahead at midnight are U.S. plans to raise tariffs on Chinese imports. A move President Trump says was brought on by China reneging on commitments they made in previous sessions. Trump telling supporters at his rally yesterday in Florida. By the way, you see the tariffs we're doing? Because they broke the deal. They broke the deal. So they're flying in. The vice premier tomorrow is flying in. Good man. But they broke the deal. They broke it. He said a couple things. The deal. They were interesting just from a business standpoint that that, that we all know are true. And certainly he knows it. You got to be willing to walk away from a deal. Right. He said you got to have alternatives. You have to have other options. Mm-hmm. It's the only way you can possibly bargain ever. Yep. And um, yeah. President so China expert Joe Getty will offer his analysis coming up uh, in a few moments. President going on to add at that rally. So I just announced it will increase tariffs on China. 
Now, we won't back down until China stops cheating our workers and stealing our jobs. And that's what's going to happen. Otherwise, we don't have to do business with them. We don't have to do business. We can make the product right here if we have to, like we used to. And nobody agrees with him except for a whole bunch of Republicans and Chuck Schumer, the leader of the Democrats in the Senate, and Warren Buffett, who hates all Republicans and everything about them. They all agree, yeah, it's time we do something. He's got a lot of people backing him on this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, he still gets some ridiculously negative reporting on this, and it's just... And you're going to set that straight. I am. I'm going to put them in their place. Well, despite, you know, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. I can deal with China trade even while enduring this CC, this constitutional crisis. We are now in a constitutional crisis. Constitutional crisis. Constitutional crisis. Oh, my God. Once again, I soiled myself. Wow. You're like a dog who pees and then... He's got more for that bush, and then he's got more for that bush, and it's like Baxter. I'm like, dude, why don't you just let it go? Well, he saves it up (laughs) in case of a crisis. On an entirely different note, what started out as a somber post-shooting vigil for the hero victim of the Colorado school shooting, Kendrick Castillo, ended abruptly when politicians, including newly declared presidential candidate Michael Bennett, took to the microphone. We live in a great country, but we need to fix those broken... The crowd, angry, believing politicians were trying to turn their vigil into an anti-gun event, walked because out. Because they were, obviously. Then, standing outside, the students chanted, Mental health. Mental health! Mental health! Mental health! Students arguing gun violence is a mental health issue, not a gun issue. Very well, interesting. Inter- that is interesting. And God, how do you show up to something like that anyway? The kids died, what, two days ago? Yep. How do you show up to something like that and use it for your political benefit? Multiple politicians did. Well, some of the people I think are well-meaning. They think that actually will help or is possible or whatever. Some sort of super strict gun regulation. I will tell you this, though. If you're running for president, I, uh, I come on. Right. I would never bring this up except that it's an answer to a point we made, which is that it seems like... The media, a number of media outlets, are catching on to the idea we can't glorify these shooters. We don't read their manifestos. We don't, you know, show too many pictures of them, that sort of thing. And we thought, wow, maybe there's been progress in this. Because was it the DA or the sheriff? He insisted on that in in the moments after the shooting. And we said, maybe there is hope. Well, as it turns out, and I hope this isn't true, but I have a feeling it is, that the one kid is transgender or gender nonspecific or something and the other one is gay and they hated Trump and that it might have been part of their motivation or something and so if indeed there is a manifesto or an explanation or statement it would be very very uncomfortable for the mainstream media to, to trumpet that one so maybe we'll soft pedal this one so it's not an awakening of conscience. It's just a sticking to a narrative. I'm glad to see so much attention made on this kid who lost his life running at the shooter and saving so many of his classmates. Here, here. That's uh, I saw him featured on one of the morning shows today. That's, uh, we need to do more of that. Yeah, indeed. We can't forget that the stupid, angry coward stole his entire adult life away from him. And those stupid, angry cowards should rot in jail. One of Facebook's co-founders is saying that 
CEO Mark Zuckerberg is not accountable and the government should break up the social media giant. Chris Hughes started Facebook with Zuckerberg in their Harvard dorm. In a New York Times uh, op-ed out today, Hughes is writing that Facebook is far too big, far too powerful, and according to him, Zuckerberg can't fix Facebook. Only government can by breaking it up, making the market more competitive, and creating privacy restrictions. This is an interesting article. So this guy, there's a picture of them when they're like 20 years old in college, and they look like children, because they are. Uh, Him and Zuckerberg, and they started Facebook, and he talks about them living together and Zuckerberg sleeping on a mattress on the floor and everything like that and he ends it with you see Zuckerberg is human like everybody and it's because he's human that his unchecked power is so problematic Mark's influence is staggering far beyond that of anyone else in the private sector or in government which is a heck of a thing to say yeah. wow he controls controls three communications platforms Facebook Instagram and WhatsApp that billions of people use every day and because of the way the board works and the fact that Mark has 60% of the voting shares he alone decides how to figure configure Facebook's algorithms for news feeds and that nobody has ever been this powerful so yeah the, with information in the history of the world so the United States president is no longer the most powerful man in the world according to at least certainly militarily I like our military against Facebook's, you know, various uh, linguini-armed tech heads. In terms of getting out information, it's hard to to argue. Oh, no, no. On that uh, score, yeah, without question, Facebook is the most powerful entity on Earth, and, and he's the most powerful guy. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. What if they're still friends? Suppose they're still friends? Hey, that article you wrote in the New York Times about me was a little... Dude, I wish you'd picked up your phone or, like, texted me or something and said, hey, I'm afraid your unchecked power is dangerous. I'd have, I'd have thought about my unchecked power. <laughs> Instead, I will open a newspaper and, uh, come on, dude. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll see. It would not take the great uh, propaganda geniuses of history to use Facebook incredibly effectively for nasty aims. I mean, it's so ginormous even like your mid-level political strategist, I think, could really, really move hearts and minds and, and accomplish God knows what. Well, this guy says, or, hey, or theoretically, great good. This guy says, hey, I know Mark, he's a good guy, but no individual should have the power to be able to do this. Because you never know what somebody's ideas are going to be 10 years from now, if he has right. this sort of power. Right. So you're going to straighten this out on China? We'll break down the two sides in their game strategies. The U.S. and China... The big trade talks, the tariffs, Trump's trade war. They're calling it on uh, cable. It's America's trade negotiation. Mm. Of course, again, I'm old no drama Getty. You're rebranding. I just, I just, I'm so tired of everybody's hair on fire. I, I'm for passing a new law, and I'm a First Amendment guy. If you act like your hair's on fire on cable news, you actually have to light your hair on fire. Well, that'd be an interesting law. I'm not yeah. sure that would pass. Well, I have two co-sponsors so far. SCOTUS muster. They're both seriously mentally ill. But, uh. <laughs> Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Joel's birthday. It's also Marshall Phillips' birthday, and we've just come up with a great birthday surprise present for Marshall Phillips for later in the show. Fantastic. Something to look forward to. 
bottom of the next hour newscast? Is that the plan? Or, sure. Uh, or yeah, is it a sometimes. surprise party? I ought to keep my mouth shut. I've oh. done that before. I've blown it before. There's also a university that's bringing in therapy donkeys, in all seriousness, for finals week. So we'll have that story later. Therapy donkeys. Correct. Hmm. So, perhaps you've heard that the uh, Chinese trade delegation is hitting D.C. today to resume trade talks with uh, our folks. And uh, I I was moved to talk about this partly because I've just heard so much coverage that is idiotically either inaccurate or takes a tiny aspect of it and, and pretends that it's the main thing. Mostly what I'm hearing is people talk about tariffs, these tariffs that Trump has imposed in Trump's trade war. They really punish American consumers and American farmers. And uh, and it's dangerous and, 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 and a mistake and the rest of it. All right, look, with all due respect to the foibles of Donald J., here's what's happening. Trade with China is unlike trade with any other country on Earth. Number one, it's a gigantic market, obviously, you know that, um, run by a totalitarian communist regime. And they impose rules on anybody who wants to trade within China that are just crazy by anybody else's standards. You have to turn over all your technology, all your patents. You have to let them, you have to open your books completely. They just get everything. And then they immediately give that information to their government uh, sanctioned companies that immediately begin manufacturing knockoffs and selling your technology to other people. And it's just, it's outrageous. And the other thing is, uh, but you put up with it because it's such an enormous market. And the other thing is, when a lot of these trade agreements were forged, China was still what they call an emerging economy. Um, they were, you know, a billion people doing subsistence rights farming, and the per capita income was tiny by Western standards and the rest of it. And so the Western world said, well, yeah, we got to get these people up and on their feet, because if they can get an economy actually functioning, that's a billion people at the time. Now it's damn close to a million, a billion and a half, isn't it? 1.3 or something like that. Uh, it's funny when you you round numbers when you're talking about China and it's 100 million people. Yeah, no kidding. Oh! What we hear, they have a thousand cities that have a million people in them. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so it's such a ginormous market and so attractive that, yeah, the Western world forged these trade agreements back in the day that were wildly inequitable. But, you know, it was like you don't have an equitable relationship with your toddler. You know, all right, you hold this and I'll hold that. You know, that would be bizarre. <laughs> and so, but now China's Were you become... picturing, like, moving a couch or something? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, or maybe you're changing a tire in the car. You talk, take off the lug, no, uh, lug nuts, I'll go grab the spare. Don't use toddlers to move couches, no, people. No, right, right. Very inefficient. Right, right. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Pick it up! Uh, so anyway... Not uh, with your back, your legs. Your but, tiny, squishy legs. So, <laughs> your endearingly chubby thighs. Yeah. So, uh, it's funny how chubby thighs are so cute for a while, then not so much. Yeah. Anyway, um, so you've got this incredibly uneven relationship, and China turns into this economic behemoth, not to mention a military pain in the ass and, and a dozen other things, and a mind-boggling abuser of human rights. And, and after... Kind of wimpy, utter unwillingness to endure tough negotiations and tough times. The last several administrations have just kind of let this stuff go. Well, Donald J. out of 
pride or pluck or whatever, has said, no, we're actually getting ripped off. And he's been saying this for years. Yeah. It's funny, the stuff about the trade deficit, I think he overblows it. I don't think it's that important because rich countries always buy more from poor countries and poor countries buy from rich countries. It's obvious. But uh, China is increasingly rich. So putting that aside. So we're going in hardcore now with the, the communist Chinese regime and saying no more. You don't get to screw our businesses. You don't get these wildly unbalanced tariffs where you you hammer us when we try to export to you, but we welcome your exports with open arms. That's going to end. Well, China's not happy about this. It's going to cost them a whole lot of money, a whole lot of economic power, the government power within their own country, and, and it's going to be a huge disruptor. They just don't want the headache. So, yeah, they're coming back hard. But I will tell you this. Oh, oh, the other thing you need to know is why Trump is threatening additional tariffs at midnight tonight, which China does this a lot. It's known. And, and Donald J. ought to recognize this because he's done it himself. They say, okay, okay. We'll give you, we'll buy uh, 300 uh, kilotons of, of wheat per month. All right, fine, super. Okay, let's move on to sorghum. And then a week later, they say, yeah, to 300 kilotons of wheat, we're thinking 100 now. And they backtrack in negotiations, having already agreed on something, to try to freak out and try to make you come to the table and make a better deal for them. And Donald J. is saying, no, 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 you said 300, it's 300. You don't come back to what you already promised. We're going to hammer you with more tariffs. And of course, China's saying, "Oh yeah, well then we'll 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 screw you back." But most experts agree, from Chuck Schumer to Donald J to Warren Buffett, that the Chinese need a deal much more than we do. And so, so what do you think is going to happen today? So this is the really rough part of a negotiation, right before you crack it and make a deal, where everybody happens in sports, happens in you know you asking your boss for a raise. It just it always happens in negotiations. This is crunch time when everybody's threatening to walk away, and I hate you and the rest of it. The worst outcome for the United States, and this would be a disappointment. Cannibalism. Is a complete collapse of our economy and cannibalism. <laughs> humans be, eating humans. That would be a bad outcome. Wild packs of dogs running through the streets, etc. No power, no water, no lights, but enough about Venezuela and socialism. Anyway, the, the worst outcome is that we have an, a significant but kind of incremental improvement in our trade with China. And it's better for American consumers. It's better for American businesses. Maybe not a lot better, but a little. That would be a real disappointment because it looks like we might have a... Oh, my God. I almost had a great leap forward. What's the matter? Wow. That was Chairman Mao's great... Uh, his his, his uh, program that killed, what? Millions and 50, millions of people. 60, 100 million people. Nobody knows. Uh, but anyway, what could happen is a serious move toward the future with Chinese trade in a way that benefits everybody. Um, and, and so that's to be hoped for. And I think if if he pulls that off, if Trump pulls that off, he could go down as an historic figure for that. Absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm medium optimistic, um, because China's under a lot of pressure. Their, their economy is stagnated. Uh, they've got growing, uh, political pressure at home. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But so I tune on the NPR. uh, Three sweet and sour porks or? I give it uh, yeah three uh, three uh, fortune cookies out of four mm. uh, our prospects. But I turn on, for instance, uh, nakedly progressive radio NPR. They're saying Trump's trade war and his tariffs hurting American consumers more and more. How can he do this to America's farmers? You know what? The times are tough. 
right now because they are hammering our farmers with uh, tariffs, and it's it, it is tough going. And I have no problem with government well, programs to help them out well, what's temporarily. Your, what's your alternative? There is no alternative. It's like balancing the budget without pain. That's what politicians promise you. It cannot be done. So this is this is a little bare knuckle boxing. I only order one thing at a Chinese restaurant, as everyone knows: sweet and sour pork. It's uh, a child's dish. And the. <laughs> The other day, I ordered sweet and sour pork from a place. The place called me as I'm driving over there and said they're out. What? Well, you're the man who showed up at KFC once, and they told you they were out of chicken. And I showed up to NW Root Beer, and they were out of root beer. I think just <laughs> maybe it's you. And I went to a Pete's Coffee in the uh, in the airport. Oh, and they don't said, even say. And it. they said we don't have any coffee today. They just and hate I said why are hate you? I said why are you what? open then? When are you, you going to wake up to the fact that it's you? Tell him we don't have any. It's, it's See like if he the, goes away peacefully. Maybe he'll shuffle off like last time. <laughs> it's like casinos have the picture of the guy who counts cards there in their security or yeah. room. They got your picture. Honest to God, I got up to the drive-thru at the Kentucky Fried Chicken, and they said we're out of chicken. How long did it take you to form words and respond? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd probably... I would sit there dumbfounded for at least five, ten seconds. Similar to NW. I think I had my kids with me. I went and going to get a root beer float, and they said, we're out of root beer. You're right, NW! That's why you're here. But anyway. Um, Do you know <laughs> modern logistics? You ought to know precise with you. How can you? It's on your side. Don't you have what extra for? <laughs> oh, man. But they're that... out of sweet and sour pork, and they said, would sweet and sour chicken uh, do? And I said, yeah, it's better than nothing. And, uh... And I couldn't tell the difference, honestly. So I may move on to sweet and sour chicken. Is that better? Is that a higher probably Define better. <laughs> it's probably incrementally better for you, but it's all about the breading. I mean, really. Oh, it's so good. You know, my son works for... Sweet and sour. I think that's well, not to like. Oh, well, we don't have time for that charming anecdote. But believe me, just assume it was charming and enjoy your morning. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 